Welcome to Open-Minded Healing, where the topic is alternative health. We will be having conversations with the practitioners that offer a variety of alternative healing modalities, as well as everyday people who have recovered their health outside of the MD's office. Join us with an open mind for conversations that may provide solutions to healing your own body on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. I'm Marla Miller. Let's begin. Welcome everybody to Open-Minded Healing. My guest today is Melissa Spence. She is a professionally trained broadcaster with 10 years of professional radio to her credit. Melissa has been a part of several Indigenous broadcast programming on local, regional, and national levels. Her love and passion for music led her to the radio industry, where she thrived as a popular morning show personality. A social media starlet, animal lover, and host of Ivy Music Episodes, Melissa now shares her talents with Indigenous Vision, producing their podcast and music show. Hello, Melissa. Good to Hello. see you. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of this podcast to share your story. So let's dig right in and start from the beginning. As far as what symptoms were you experiencing that led you to search for answers? Right. So I lived a really unhealthy lifestyle pretty much my entire adult life. Um, living in Canada, I, I like I like you mentioned in my bio, I worked as a radio DJ in the morning. So the lifestyle that kind of came along with that with working at a really popular hip hop station was a lot of late nights at bars and clubs and all kinds of different nights. So I would just grab whatever food um, in the morning and it never really occurred to me what the food I was putting in my body was doing to my actual body. So years and years go by and I, I gained so much weight. And at my heaviest, at the peak of my career in radio, I was probably about at 300 pounds. And um, I started to develop what would be the symptoms of HS, which is hydrogenitis supertivia, which is an autoimmune disease that affects your skin. And I, I have not been officially diagnosed because um, the healthcare system in Canada is a little bit slow moving compared to here in the U S but um, I did uh, Google all of my symptoms and sure enough, I saw a lot of people going through the exact same thing. And we all kind of had this one thing in common where we're all overweight and not really um, eating a whole lot of whole foods. It was mostly processed, lots of sugar, lots of really rich, you know, dairy foods and stuff like that. So I slowly began to do research, but the symptoms were getting worse and worse. I would get these really uncomfortable boils in parts of my body, like my armpits or in my inner thigh and even under my breasts. And I, and I thought, how can I make this stop? And I had to slowly wrap my head around the fact that maybe it's because of what, what I'm putting in my body. And that just never occurred to me. So I slowly began to research. And um, I started with um, trying to eat organic first yeah. in Canada. And um, it didn't really do much. I still was eating a lot of meat. I was still eating a lot of dairy and then I suddenly moved to the U.S. I, I just kind of had it in Canada. I feel I felt like I had reached my my goal and I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. So I just suddenly moved to the U.S. And when I came down here, I was kind of uh, culture shocked by the food industry and the food system here in America. And it also was like a huge reality check to to me. And that I, I went even deeper inside and I was like, I really don't want to be a part of this really unhealthy lifestyle of how people are just not cooking at home and 
going through drive throughs and eating all kinds of processed foods everywhere and the way that it's packaged and and presented so beautifully in, in grocery stores. Like I just saw it for what it was. That's very interesting because a lot of people don't see that, you know, they do see the beautiful packaging and buy into it. So it's interesting that you were very clear that that was just a marketing ploy. And it's also interesting coming from Canada, how is their food packaged or what's the marketing message there? First of all, the prices is a lot more expensive. It's almost double. When I came to America, everything's so much cheaper here. So in Canada, it's a lot, it's a lot more pricey because they do have to, um, especially with produce, they got to get a lot of food shipped up to, especially where I lived, which was kind of in the central part of Canada, where there's not a whole lot of like tropical fruits and stuff like that. So it's different in Canada because they they seem to care more about your health because the healthcare system is free. It's kind of like they want to prevent you from using it, right? So they have Alcohol is like double the price. Cigarettes are just astronomically priced because they really don't want you to destroy your health. So when it came to the food, um, it wasn't, it's definitely not like how it is here. It's pretty basic. Um, there's not a whole lot of food chains. It's it's pretty much just the, the staples of food chain. You got your chicken place, you got your couple of burger places, you know, you'll have like a, like the Asian style places, but it's not such a wide variety. It just seems really excessive down here. So, and again, you're just taught throughout school too, to really try and take care of yourself, process that as a child. But I was like, I love candies, you know, everyone does. Yeah. (laughs) And there's even commercials every once in a while that'll encourage you to be active in Canada on TV to kind of get everybody like get moving. And when they say that America has an obesity problem, that's probably one of the things I I noticed right away was the amount of overweight people. And I felt like I wasn't such an oddity anymore because when you're overweight in Canada, it's the ratio is really off. But when I came here, I felt almost like, wow, I'm here with all the other overweight people. Like it was, it was visually noticeable. Well, that's the other difference now that you say that on the commercials on television, there are so many ads for different drugs. You see it continuously on TV. And in Canada, it's interesting that they are promoting healthy lifestyles. So are they allowed to promote drugs on TV in Canada? Just on when you're when you're watching American channels, there, there's like the infomercials for all the other drugs. But I can't really recall a Canadian company really promoting their drug. I'm not sure. I haven't been there in almost seven years. So that may have changed especially with COVID. So I'm not sure, but definitely no cigarette ads. Definitely no, there's not as many alcohol ads. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great step to a healthier community is not marketing those things on television. Like go speak to your doctor about it if you feel you need something for your health, but to have it pushed down your throat almost on television on a regular basis, I don't think it's healthy. Well, so you end up, you move to the U.S., You notice, as you put it, you're not an oddity here with the weight, but you're still struggling with these symptoms. So what do you do at this point? You tried the organic diet and now where do you stand? What is your mindset now and what's your next step? Well, the first three months that I had lived in Phoenix, I first moved to Phoenix, Arizona. So the first three months was me just kind of coming to terms with all of my unhealthy habits. And I think it was in the middle of May, I had a steak 
And the next day I woke up and I was like, I just can't do it anymore. And I, I made the commitment to just go vegetarian first. Immediately, I started to notice my symptoms to kind of just decrease. The boils kind of went away. They were still kind of there, but they weren't painful anymore. I was just researching. I went on Google and I just tried to learn as much as possible about what factory farm meat could potentially do to people. I started to find um, vegetarian communities on Facebook and I was just kind of just researching nonstop. I almost became obsessed. And then I learned about other sources of protein besides meat because I'd always wanted to stop eating meat. I, I've, I just have a soft spot for animals and I just, it always, I felt such, like such a hypocrite, you know? I mean, I have, I love pets, but here I am consuming all this, all these animal products. And um, so I went vegetarian and I remember the hardest part was probably having to deal with my roommate who was, who thought it was just a crazy concept. And how could I do that when I just had a steak like a week ago? And so there was all these weird barriers and psychological obstacles I had to go through and I had to learn how to shop differently. That was probably the biggest challenge was not just seeing the grocery store for what it is, but seeing where all the healthy food is kind of like hidden. In. And I mostly spent my time in the produce section, just Googling what, you know, this did. And I got into zucchinis and all of these, um, I guess, calorically dense food, you know, like beets and carrots, things that I only thought were acceptable on holiday meals, you know? Right. Like, that's how, that's the lifestyle I lived was big plates of vegetables and that were only served during special occasions. But here I was trying to incorporate them into my everyday meal plans. And it was a really big struggle at first, just, you know, having no friends, nobody who was also trying to be vegetarian or try to go whole food plant-based. That was probably the scariest thing was like, am I going to get, am I going to make myself sick because I don't, not really sure what I'm doing? Am I going to get deficient in some sort of um, proteins inside of my body? But everything went fairly smoothly in the first four months of my vegetarian quest. That's great. It, maybe you can explain what the diet is for a vegetarian in case someone's not sure or they confuse it with vegan versus vegetarian. I know I'm always having to remind myself what that is. <laughs> um, vegetarian is you're, you're not eating the meat, but you're still eating like dairy. And that was probably the hardest thing for me to give up was eggs because I just loved eggs. And that's probably why I had gained so much weight because every, every morning I would eat so many eggs. And then of course, cheese was very difficult to give up. So I did vegetarian for four months and I kind of just spent it enjoying what I knew would be the last time I was probably going to eat these types of food because I had already committed to going vegan, but it took me till about October to really learn how to eat vegan and then how to, how to just plan my grocery trips, which was the hardest part was learning how to shop properly. So I'm not buying these insane amounts of produce and just letting them go to waste. I had to refigure out how much I would consume so that I'm not wasting food at the same time while I'm still nourishing myself in a healthy way. And luckily, I love food like tofu. I'm, I'm so blessed that I actually like tofu. I like beans and I eat a lot of those two things to kind of get my protein. That's great. And so I began to lose weight immediately. Oh, I bet. Once you cut out processed food alone or sugars, it's amazing how fast that weight can come off. Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of, you know, still pretty, I'm still kind of chubby, but you know, I, I, I've really lost a lot. If you were to see a picture from before, you would be like, whoa, that's amazing. Well, that's a nice perk. I'm sure. 
to also being just healthy overall and to lessening your symptoms. So the vegan diet is much more restrictive, right? It's just no animal products whatsoever. So I even gave up honey, anything like that. I No eggs, uh, no powdered milk, which seem, seems to be in almost everything these days. And a lot of the processed foods, a lot of potato chips have powdered milk in them for some reason. But I just became really knowledgeable now. And I learned, I had to teach myself how to read nutritional information on food, which I'd never done before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know changing a diet, it can be a challenge for sure. And I found when I had to go on a really restrictive diet, it was almost easier for me to think of what can I have rather than what can't I have, because that list is so long. (laughs) But when you think about what you can have, I would just look at basics of vegetables and fruits and seeds and nuts and beans uh, type of thing before humans start adding to it or bleaching it or doing whatever they do to these foods. So that made it simpler and it made it easier to cook, I found. Did you find that? Oh, definitely. Even the cleanup. Like I haven't really cleaned an oven since I became vegan because (laughs) I don't make a mess anymore. Like it's, it's just such a simplified way of cooking. My kitchen completely went over a 360 design even. But um, I even did a food sensitivity test because when I was Googling a lot of my symptoms, it said that inflammation was causing it. So what was what was causing the inflammation? So I, then I learned about nightshade vegetables. So I did a sensitivity test on my own and it turns out I can't have any bell peppers now. So even though I'm vegan, I still have to stay away from bell peppers because they just flare me up. Yeah, I think that's a very good point too, that every body is different. And I think those tests are really important. The food allergy or a delayed sensitivity test. It's not just about eating what you think is healthy, but what is healthy for you. So some people might not have an issue with say, we'll just say a random like cantaloupe, but someone else it shows up that their body is reacting to that. So I think that's great that you thought to do that. Now, did you just do that test on your own? Had you Googled something and saw, maybe I should do this test? How did you figure that out? I Googled it. And then I saw that people, there was other people experiencing a lot of the same things. So I went through every nightshade and ate it for a week. And sure enough, it was the bell peppers. Thankfully, it wasn't tomatoes because I would have a broken heart if I couldn't eat tomatoes. (laughs) That would just be devastating. (laughs) That's a win right there. So if you are at this point where you've become a vegan, and now what are you seeing as far as symptoms or your condition at this point? Well, I haven't had anything in the past five years, and it's been six years since I've been vegan. So um, the first year was really rough because, like I said, I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to be eating, but I got the hang of it after a year. I still do eat junk food. I mean, in the past five years, the whole vegan Um, food market has evolved. There's lots of junk food out there now. There's lots of burger places. There's lots of milkshakes that vegan people are making and cakes and cupcakes. But um, I do kind of restrict myself from those things. They're more like weekend treats, but I do make a a point to to stay away from inflammatory foods. And I'll even add turmeric to 
you know, something that I'm drinking just to kind of keep it under control. So I'm very aware now of what I'm putting into my body. So I'm not overdoing it. And then I do have bell peppers sometimes on a pizza. I'll have a little bit, you know, I'm not going to completely cut it out, but I, I do monitor after I do have something and I make, make sure, like, I hope I'm not going to flare up again, but I, there's literally been nothing. I used to have a bad uh, sciatica issue too, and that's pretty much gone. I think that was more weight related on my left side. I had a really bad, I would have really bad flare-ups because I think I was just too heavy. And now that I've lost like about a hundred pounds, I don't really feel uncomfortable anymore. My knees and joints are much better. I have no more back pain unless I, you know, actually throw something out. (laughs) Yeah. It really cleared up a lot. I even stopped drinking coffee because I felt so great. Like I, I didn't feel like I needed to rely on caffeine anymore. So I've been caffeine free for two years and it's the best decision I ever made. Yeah. It's interesting how one thing leads to another, to another, to another. It could either be a, a, you know, a downhill spiral with people's health, or in your case, you built up such momentum in the positive direction that now it's affecting all these different areas of your life. That's, that must keep you inspired and on the right track. Totally. And then the past year, I've just incorporated fitness into my life. So now I'm finally exercising on a regular basis and I can feel it a lot, a lot more. I'm approaching my 40th birthday and I can't believe that I feel and look this good. If you saw a picture of me when I was 30, complete opposite. I was smoking cigarettes. I was drinking a lot. I was just eating whatever, no exercise, just sitting at a desk all day and then partying all night, part of my lifestyle. And here I am, you know, (laughs) eating beans and having chlorophyll water and all kinds of stuff and exercising and sleeping at night and waking up really early. It's just completely different. My skin has changed. I had a really bad acne problem. Totally gone. Your skin looks beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? How much a diet, just how much eating good food for yourself can change so many symptoms or end up eliminating so many medications people might be on. It seems so simple and yet difficult, I think more uh, mentally for people to adapt to that diet because they have to change things maybe that they love like candy or it takes a little more effort to, like you said, plan a grocery list. Yeah, it's definitely hard socially. Um, When I travel with people who are not vegan, it's very difficult to find somewhere to eat that's got a healthy option. I know everybody wants some sort of fast food, and I usually get stuck eating either chips and salsa, a really plain, bland salad with no dressing because it's not vegan, or French fries. Like, that's literally the options when I travel with people who are not vegan. So I kind of of had to, like, shrink my, my social circle because... Going out to eat is just a completely different experience now. I eat alone often. Yeah. And I think it depends to which part of the country you're in. I know being in California, there's a lot of options that are becoming available now. They weren't, I mean, and I think this has just happened in the past, I don't know, maybe five years or so, where you're seeing more places sprout up that offer gluten-free, dairy-free options and vegan, vegetarian. But Still, when I travel back to, say, the Midwest or certain southern states, they haven't caught on to that yet. I find there's a lot of fried food or sauces or processed food. So I'm hoping it does sort of spread all throughout the country. I know it's really hard to get the get through to people. I mean, my whole family is pretty much an unhealthy 
uh, situation, you know, like my parents are both overweight. My little sister was overweight. So to see people that, you know, still kind of struggling with health issues and all kinds of problems and you like, you can't, you can tell them, you know, if you change your diet, you, you'll feel a lot better, but it's, it's just a lot deeper than that. And it, it really, it's, it's hard to watch people, you know, suffer their, their symptoms because of what they're eating. Yeah. Well, I have found that people need a very strong reason why they want to change. So I know for me, it was the thought of being in pain. I have no tolerance for pain. So that was very motivating to me to change my diet and do everything I could to heal from my own autoimmune condition. Now, what would you say was your biggest motivating factor as to why you would change your diet and your whole lifestyle? It was definitely a self-conscious issue self-image issue because I was so overweight and then having the boils it felt like this secret like thing that I couldn't tell anybody about or I felt like I couldn't even be with a partner because I would have to explain you know why why this looks like this and it just kind of hit me like oh my goodness I can't even really be myself which it just really bothered me and it, it I could have stayed there and been depressed and just let it spiral or I could have actually did something about it and I chose to try to do something about it. That was my mentality. I was like, well, I'm going to try to do something and it just kind of went, it just escalated. I took one little step, then I took another little step and I was like, wow, I can actually do this. So I took another little step and I just kind of went in like 1% increments and it just exploded over a six-year period and I just can't believe I did that. And it's, I try to tell people, people who knew me 10 years ago are just like, who are you? And I'm like, right? Who am I? Here I am suddenly <laughs> in the desert meditating and being vegan. You know, <laughs> 10 years ago, I was <laughs> going crazy <laughs> at the bar. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird thing to explain to people, but I do like to share it whenever anybody's willing to listen because you know, I have a couple of girlfriends who have tried vegan and they're just like, wow, I feel so much better. And I'm like, right. But they usually go back, but at least they try. They tried it out and they, they understand that it, there is a connection with what you're putting in your body. Well, at least you're planting seeds wherever you go. You know, whenever you talk about it, I'm sure it plants a seed in someone's mind and they may not either try it right away or maybe they try it a couple of times and go back, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. But mm -hmm. you're sort of lighting that fire in people. So that's great. Yeah. And I enjoy food. I mean, like I said, I'm still a little bit chubby. Like I enjoy my food. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I mean, I have my sweets. I have my greasy days. I have my potato chip days. But I also have my really healthy soup days, my really healthy green days and smoothies and stuff like that. I just really made a list of all the things that I love and how can I make them healthier? All my favorite vegetables, all my favorite fruits. And I just stick to that. I don't try and force myself to eat something that I genuinely don't really like. Yeah. Well, and did you find once you took on this new diet, I know sugar is so addictive and it almost like changes your taste buds, I feel like. And once you eliminate that and you try a hardcore sort of new diet initially, and then you adapt it, did you find your taste buds changing where maybe vegetables suddenly taste sweeter to you? Yeah, I definitely taste vegetables um, more strongly. They feel intense. Whereas before I needed like salt and butter for me to felt like I enjoyed them. But now I just put a little bit of salt and it's 
fabulous. I especially love uh, steamed broccoli. It's like my favorite thing. Sprinkle a little bit of a nutritional yeast on there and it's almost like a cheesy nutty flavor and it's just wonderful. But yeah, my palate has definitely changed. I don't need as much salt anymore. I'm not going crazy or too crazy on the spices depending on what I'm making. But um, yeah, I stick to coconut milk. If I want to cream something like with my fettuccine, I'll use coconut cream and stuff like that. So I've found all these wonderful alternatives and it's been going very well. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, yeah, I think if people could get through the initial maybe 21 days, or I don't know exactly how many days it would take to sort of kick the sugar or whatever it is that they're uh, clinging to, (laughs) that once they sort of go through that detox process, then things would run smoother and things would taste better, you know, simple and healthy. But I think that's probably the hardest part is those initial maybe three weeks um, getting through that. It was brutal, especially quitting coffee. That was probably the biggest one for me. I was, I think I felt tired for three months until it finally went away. And I thought, oh my goodness, I was so addicted to the caffeine. And, And immediately after that, I just, I slept a lot better. I have tons of natural energy now. In fact, I have to eat carbs sometimes to calm down so I can go to bed at night. (laughs) It's such a, it's just incredible. And the cortisol too, I was, I was getting, I didn't want to stress myself out because I thought stress can also cause so many different things. And I was researching cortisol and then coffee came up and I was like, I'm such a coffee addict. I got to get rid of this, you know? So, and immediately I just felt a lot more calm, a lot more peaceful. Yeah. So the biggest benefits you have had, in addition to relieving your symptoms, and I should ask, so are all your symptoms gone? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's great. So in addition to that, relieving all those symptoms, what have been the other major benefits you think from this whole lifestyle change? I have a more positive outlook on life. I had suffered from depression as well. And I still kind of do, but I do have a, a psychologically has been the most beneficial. I see the world completely different now. Whereas before I didn't really care about a lot of things. I find that I care now, not just about myself, but everything else. I really want to make an impact and try and make it better in some sort of way. So I think that's the biggest game changer for me. Yeah. It seems like with that really healthy diet and your body's operating at its most optimal, that you're really tuned in more probably, you know, to everything mentally and spiritually and physically, which is allows for a better life, I guess. It totally does. Like it's, it's just been a game changer and I'm never going back. Like this is just how life is now. It's always how it's going to be till I'm done. That's really awesome. Yeah. So I like to ask people three questions, especially when they recover from a health issue, but what is the biggest obstacle, the biggest lesson and the kindest thing? So we'll start. What was the biggest obstacle you faced during your recovery? The biggest obstacle was my mental, uh, I guess my, my psychological relationship with food. I had to really reevaluate and come to terms with my unhealthy habits and kind of like the self-destructive nature of my habits. I had to really process that and, and put it on myself, that it wasn't anything external that was contributing. It was genuinely me who was putting the food physically into my body. So to 
kind of come to terms that maybe I wasn't making the best choices and I, I the, that there was an option to make a better choice was probably the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around. And what did food mean to you? What was the tie to, to the unhealthy food? It was think? all stress related. It was comforting. It was after a hangover. I just wanted something, you know, greasy or sweet. Like I just didn't care what it did to me. I just wanted to feel how I wanted it, it to make me feel. Yeah. And what was the biggest lesson you learned throughout the whole process? That my body is way more connected to everything than I thought it was. I mean, we tend to, I guess, separate ourselves from nature so much when we're actually all tied together. That was something that I kind of knew but didn't really believe. But once I became more in tune with my body, I was like, yes, this is really true. So it's a, it's a, been a huge lesson. And I, I'm constantly trying to be aware of that in everything that I do. And what is the kindest thing that someone did while you were struggling? Just listen. I have, a, I have a girlfriend who would just listen. There's been a lot of times in my life where I just never felt seen or listened to. So that's probably one of the biggest things that one of my friends did was just listen to me, kind of go through all my psychodramas and all of my issues with food and my self-confidence issues. So just to be heard was probably the nicest thing that someone's ever done. Just listen. That's amazing. Cause that's a, quite a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think every single person wants to be heard and seen. So that's awesome that she offered you that, that space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, it's been wonderful. So as of today, you're feeling great. It sounds like your symptoms are gone. And what would you say if someone was out there either struggling with the same condition that you had or just their health in general and they were struggling to recover or adapt a new lifestyle what advice would you want to give them i would say take a good look at yourself self-assess and get really real and have that that hard self-conversation with yourself and Think about what you're doing to yourself and if you really want to do that to yourself. That was the hardest thing I had to do was come to terms. So critical self-awareness and reflection. Yeah. Well, how could people find you? I do um, Indigenous Vision radio shows I do on Instagram. We're at Hello Ivy Music. And then I do the, the producing at that podcast lady on Facebook. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for being here today and sharing your story I'm sure it helps people, even if they're not becoming vegan or whatever, just your philosophy, sharing your struggle, that's helpful to people to feel like they're not so alone. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to your story, your journey. Thank you. Be sure and follow Open-Minded Healing so you'll get every new episode as soon as it's released each Tuesday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.